Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by the return of Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. Armani Buckets, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, I don't think either of you will guess what I did this morning. I uh, I took an ocean plunge at 7 a.m. So, yeah, I feel alive, alert, and awake, and it's great to be back. I know that, you know, it's been a minute, so... Um, glad to be back since I came back, obviously Denver won the title. So congrats to them. Congrats to the Joker. Um, but yeah, very glad to be with you guys again. That's right. Last night I was, uh, at, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights game, clinching game, by the way, tough couple of days for South Florida teams, obviously the Miami Heat and then the Florida Panthers going down, but listen, amazing run for those two teams. No one really expected them to have the run that they did. But my goodness, VGK, the Vegas Golden Knights winning 9-3. to Brandon, uh, listen, I, I know you guys aren't big hockey fans. And by the way, like if you if you tune into that game, you probably tuned out before uh, like it was over. I mean, 9-3 nine, 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 nine is more of a baseball score, low-scoring football <laughs> score. Uh, Brandon, how are we doing, my friend? Uh, doing great. Yeah, I, wa- I watched the game, and it was like – it's just it was hard to watch that series uh, i knew florida would get one uh, you know even when they were up 2-0 we came on here and we we're like yeah florida will probably get one but the dominance that um vegas displayed was you know it's been paralleled by by few teams in recent memory i think colorado was pretty dominant last year but uh you know tampa bay i guess i, I tampa bay wasn't scoring nine goals all the time <laughs> you know like you know what i'm saying like and not even colorado with you know uh mckinnon and all the guys they have they weren't scoring nine goals all the time and they have an excellent offense so uh, you know this was a great run i think we kind of knew once they beat edmonton who had an excellent offense as well it was kind of like okay uh, they're gonna win the stanley cup and they've gotten there before they came up short and what a championship for vegas the first right it might correct me if i'm wrong the first major of the four sports well i right, got it that yeah. is one of yeah, I mean, right? the reason is we're getting a lot of pushback. The, the WNBA is a major. But the major, the ma- I know, I know, the, but the, the, big four, four, the, the, the big four, the big four is what I meant. There you go. The yeah, yeah, no, four. no, no. The WNBA is great and it's growing, but of the big four, the first, the big four. like, championship. Yes. That's what I meant. Not the major for the big four. But yeah, big I four. mean, the Aces are elite. They'll win again this year. They're going to win back-to-back championships. Um, you know, what a time to be a Vegas citizen, see that, and then obviously – the whole while that was going on, the whole Oakland Coliseum was yeah. rocking. I watched that game too. That was a great game to watch. The fans were there. 
And Oakland has won seven in a row, and they just beat the best team in the MLB two times in a row. Pretty wild environment. Um, I mean, that's a whole separate thing. But Vegas is going to get them, and they're going to get a basketball team by 26 or 27. So it's going to be very, 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 very cool to be in the city of Vegas. Yeah, so I was looking at my old tweets, and I was here, you know, I I, I was uh, when I began to cover Las Vegas was when they opened T-Mobile Arena, and it was very clear that they were about to get a pro sports franchise. And so it was June 22nd, 2016, that the National Hockey League awarded Las Vegas their very first major professional sports franchise. At that time, it had no name, but they knew they were going to get the a team. And to see what this city has become in seven years, again, the Vegas Golden Knights coming here, uh, listen, in their first year, they, they you know, win the Pacific, they win the West, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, and then now, coming back, winning the Stanley Cup Final, the Las Vegas Aces, the, the WNBA champion, prohibitive favorites to repeat. And as you mentioned, the Oakland Athletics, and I think this is going to be the next major story in Las Vegas. It could happen uh, uh, this week. Again, the bill to uh, give pub- public funding for the $1.5 billion baseball stadium that will be on the Las Vegas Strip on the current uh, property of the Tropicana, right in the heart of the Strip. Um, that went through the Senate. It will get through the Assembly. It will be signed by the governor. So by the time, guys, we have a parade here in Las Vegas for these Stanley Cup champions, they could be getting a major league baseball team. But listen, let's let's talk about the, the NBA Finals a little bit more because Monty Buckus wasn't here with us. Um, put into context, again, you were high on the Heat, on Jimmy Butler. Again, amazing run for them. Um, I don't think anyone thought that they were going to beat Denver. Again, Denver goes 16-4, and four, one of the top 10 postseasons in league history. Major takeaways what 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 was your major takeaway from the NBA Finals? Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be a little bit repetitive, but it bears mentioning the Denver Nuggets are a young, young team. This team can do this multiple times, and when you look at the landscape of the West, the West is loaded with talented teams, but I just don't see at least you know it, it doesn't hop off who is going to beat denver next year i mean i understand the lakers can make a push but lebron's going to be a year older golden state struggle with bigger teams and denver is you know probably the biggest uh physically imposing team that we we see who's gonna who's gonna beat them i'm not a phoenix believer um uh, brandon i know you were raising your hand do you have a team in mind it's not that I have a team in mind. It's just I feel it, like, yes, I, I think when we talk about like, dynasties, Armand, like this is the best team in the West. Jokic is the best player in the world. Uh, and they got Murray, Porter Jr., Gordon, uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, and obviously Jokic all on contract for like three more years at the very least, right? So, or two or three more years. So, and they're all young. So, yes, in that respect, 
Yes, but the West is becoming such a juggernaut with talent that it may be tough to survive and win a championship through the Western Conference. The East, we know, and we talked about it, like the, it was the opposite before the season started. But the West, I mean, OKC is going to get close to 50 wins next year, maybe 45. I mean, they, I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't think it's crazy to put a limit on them, but obviously they're not going to beat Denver. But Golden State will not go away. Sacramento will be better. The Lakers will undoubtedly be better. It's their final. It's going to be their final run with LeBron and, and Davis. I know LeBron's getting older, but maybe they get another piece. Uh, Clippers, if they're healthy, yeah, I guess. But you know, I'm never going to put them in a conversation anymore after what they did to me the past couple of years. Now, uh, you know, underperforming and not staying healthy. I, I'm not a believer in Phoenix. I agree with you there. But and I'm not a believer in Memphis because Ja could get suspended for a whole year or half a year, uh, even though they win without Ja. So yes and no, like like yes, they could, they absolutely should be the prohibitive favorite to come out of the Western Conference. But I feel like it's not as easy as it is for like the Heat, Bucks, and Celtics in the East to be like, yo, like who do we got to face? The Knicks with Jalen Brunson and like Julius Randle is our second best player. Is like the other fourth team or you know doc or well not doc rivers anymore nick nurse but the team will still choke they're the sixers they haven't won a championship in forever so you know like uh i'm sorry like i don't care switch the coach they'll still choke like Embiid and harden in the playoffs just can't get it done so the west is so much tougher that's my point even though denver is by far the best team yeah I mean, when when you look at this, though, I mean, when, when you talk about a the dynasty, and again, when you just won one, it's probably a little too soon to say that. Who can take this team down? I, I haven't heard you guys mention my team. How about the Lakers? I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they may make some moves. I mean, again, again they're, they're not going to run it back exactly, but I think that they know who they're going up against. They're, they, listen, they, they said... Um, <clears throat> They beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Warriors. Uh, I think the one team that you you look at if you're coming back in the West or just in the league in general, how do we beat the Denver Nuggets? So when you look at that, who are the teams that could potentially take them down? You know, I think Brandon just made a very good point about, I don't know if it's going to be one of those teams that we know of or that we think of off the top of the brain. Oklahoma City is very young, very promising, and I like how you just said, Brandon, that they have no real stealing. Um, I like them a lot. How about a team that was injured this postseason that could have made a run? The Minnesota Timberwolves, they have a great defense. Could they potentially make a push? Sacramento's young. I know, Brandon, you're mentioning the Pelicans. Yeah, if they can stay healthy. It might be one of those teams that we're not thinking of. How about the Utah Jazz? Maybe not this year, but they have Walker Kessler, Lowry Markinen, and they fleeced Minnesota in that trade, so they have a ton of assets. I think when we think about Denver's biggest competitor, it's one of those teams with a ton of assets and probably youth. I don't think one of the older teams is going to get them, but maybe. I mean, you can never count out LeBron, and you can never count out the Warriors. I just think that this was probably their best chance to do it if they were going to do it. And this is why, Arash, when we bring up like the the Damian Lillard, like them trying to build around them with the Blazers, why it's so tough and why they need to rebuild. It's like, 
Okay, let's say you get Brandon Ingram, best case scenario for the third overall pick, which I don't think New Orleans will do, but Scoot is a superstar, so perhaps they do it. Uh, what's your ceiling, Armand, the second round? Maybe, maybe, perhaps. Like, that, to me, like, I talked about this with Grant Moni yesterday on, on Baller Sports Dialogue. It was like, okay, we're, we're polarized to each side. Either we're going to win a title or we're all the way rebuilding. To me, there's no in between. That's the purgatory. That's like where you see the Bulls, the Wizards. That no offense, Armand, but you know, even <laughs> even though they might make the playoffs, but it, it, look, that's a lot on Lonzo. If Lonzo was healthy, they'd be a good team, but he's not, unfortunately. And that's a whole other sad story, a sad career that that man is having. He may never play again. But um, I, I think Armand, you bring up a good point. The youth, OKC, in a couple of years, it's going to be a, a wagon. San Antonio, in a couple of years, is going to be a wagon because of Victor and you know Devin Vassell, and I'm assuming they'll add a couple other guys. Who knows? They could get Bruce Brown. San Antonio. I don't think we mentioned that. By the way, Denver's biggest, uh, you know, um, knock this off. They're not going to be able to keep Bruce Brown. They're seven million over the luxury tax, unless he wants to accept a seven million player option, which I doubt he does, or come back for like. Eight, ten, ten million. I think he's going to get fifteen million a year somewhere, like San Antonio or Houston, because that's a championship role player, and that's someone who can be a vet and already contribute to winning and help young players. So that's another thing. Then Christian Brown, who we saw, needs to step up. Peyton Watson needs to step up, and of course, they're going to probably select somebody in the draft. That's why it's so hard to gate because we were talking about the Warriors, perhaps winning back to back last year, right? Like, and and they got old. Jordan Poole didn't come back the same. Okay, what happens if Aaron Gordon isn't the same player he was this past year? He was excellent. And the year before, he was not nearly as good. So uh, there's a lot of factors that play into it. Uh, I do think the Lakers are the team, if anybody, that would probably do it. And because only because I think you get one more year of Darvin Am coaching, one more year of development in the offseason with Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves when they resign, and perhaps somebody else that can actually help them on the interior and someone who can help them on the perimeter. So at what point is LeBron just going to admit that he's going to come back? Because that's the big <clears throat> question looming over this team. Again, I, I the funniest story, uh, you know, during this, you know, short offseason was that Kyrie was trying to recruit <laughs> LeBron. Not the other way around. Kyrie was trying to recruit LeBron to come to Dallas when Kyrie, by the way, isn't even under contract. So... Uh, listen, I, I, I have no doubt LeBron's going to come back, but I... I like, I wonder what he's doing. What is his end game? What does he want to see the Lakers do? Because, again, as much grief as we give the Lakers for the Russell Westbrook experiment, we have to remember that was the idea. That was the want of LeBron James. I mean, we, we've heard reports about the meeting LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis had with him. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's team up. Uh, and so what does Le LeBron want? Because, again, here's how you can look at it. Yes, the Los Angeles Lakers got swept in the Western Conference Finals. However, if you're trying to figure out how you become a champion, there's only one team that they're behind. Again, I, I you know, you can disagree or not. I think that, that if they would have found a way to beat Denver, they would have won the championship. I think they would have beaten the Heat. I think they would have been the Celtics. So at the end of the day, you know, you can kind of say you were the second best team in terms of you lost to the to the uh, champions. So what do the Lakers have to do? Is there something? Well, I think the more appropriate question is, what do you think LeBron wants them 
to do because I thought it was very fascinating. He did not talk at all post game when they lost about, hey, talk about what a great turnaround this was and all the trades you made and all the guys you could have coming back. He didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to talk about that he's got to do some thinking about what he wants to do. So, Armani Buckets, I'll ask you because we kind of talked about this during the entire season, really. How close are the Lakers? Can they potentially compete? My biggest thing with the Lakers is that I underestimated them the year that they won it all. And the reason, and we've talked about this at nauseum, the reason why they were able to win it all is because of the moves that they made on the margins of their roster. Guys like Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, all those guys that helped them win, who obviously since then they've gotten rid of. Now, the biggest storyline heading into this offseason and into the future of the NBA is the new collective bargaining agreement. The second apron is going to scare the heck out of teams because you, I believe, you know, there's a lot of uh, restrictions that come with this, with the second apron. I believe you're only able to use your own draft pick. You're not able to aggregate in trades, meaning you're not allowed to do more than one for one deals. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that come out of that. And what, one thing that's going to come out of that will be is that guys that would typically make, let's say, 12 to 14 million, they may have to settle for five to six million. They might have to take big pay cuts. And who does a big pay cut help? Markets like Los Angeles, where guys can be like, okay, well, I don't get the big bag that I'm looking for, but I get the option to be a Los Angeles Laker. And that you, we know what that comes with. Yeah, uh, it comes with the ability to showcase your talents to the world every single game. So I think for that reason, the Lakers will be able to find ways to have the right complementary pieces on this roster, and that's going to be the key. Can Rob Palinka win on the margins like he did in 2020, and even somewhat this past season? So I think they'll figure something out. What happens with Chris also, Paul, Brandon? You yeah, LeBron yeah. would love to play with his old friend. Like, would that help? Does that contribute to winning? In my, <laughs> like, I think, I think, I think he's great off the bench. But like, yeah. are you guaranteed not a championship because he's on your team? Like at this point, you it might be a conversation to have. Yeah, he, another old guy who's who's you know declining. I mean, he can still pass at an elite level. His defense has wavered a little bit and he can't shoot the mid-range like he used to. So for me, if, if he's coming for the vet minimum, sure. Like, cool, let's do it. But like, you're not going to play more than 24 or five minutes a game. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine that, that happening, right? I mean, it looks like the Suns are looking to trade him. I don't know if that's going to be a viable option for them. If Listen, I mean, if, if if Chris is going to try to chase a ring, but chasing a ring with the Lakers, like, I, I don't know if – I just don't see that happening. It's not like he's, like, the final piece of the puzzle. And, and you brought up a great point. Like, in fact, I, I wonder if they regress somewhat. I mean, I, I, I like the team that they have. Um I don't know how. Listen, listen. If 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 D'Angelo left, for example, or they they didn't bring him back, and you replace him with Chris Paul, did this team improve? I don't. No. Think so. No. Yeah. No. I agree. Yeah. The thing is, though, what other moves can they make? If Brandon, if they do get him for the vet minimum, there will be other moves to make for the Lakers, and also guys like Mo Bamba, 
Malik Beasley, if they were to opt, you know, the team options, bring them back, could Palinka potentially... Sign and trade. Yeah, could he find a trade for them? There are going to be teams, you mentioned, you know, the Bulls, guys like Caruso, the Wizards have a few guys that could help contenders, Daniel Gallagher. And the Lakers, and the Lakers have that 17th overall pick. Now, I want them to keep it because I think they can get a very good player with that for the future that can bridge the gap, but... They perhaps add that on if they're going to sign and trade Malik Beasley. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we've asked Arash's thoughts on that 17th pick because we know what the Lakers do with development, with scouting. What are your thoughts on that? I love that. I mean, I, we've we've talked about this on the show that you can say what you want about Genie Bus and and what they've what they've done. Uh, however, the scouting department with Joey Bus and Jesse Bus and everyone that they have in that staff. Number 17, bring it on. I mean, that player will be a good player. That player will contribute. Look at what they've done with late picks. Look at what they've done with late, uh, not even just first round, late second round, and even undrafted players. You're talking about getting the bag this offseason. Look at Austin Reeves. He's in line for a $100 million contract. He's in line, apparently, to play with Team USA. It's incredible. So, um, you know, listen, I have the utmost confidence that if they were to keep that number 17 pick, they are going to select a player that will be a part of the rotation. And by the way, you guys are high on the guys that they already have that are young. Max Christie, like even during the playoffs, I wanted to see what he could do. You know, when you're down 3-0 to a team, shoot, put out Max Christie. What do you have to lose? So um, I like what they have there. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, David Bloom, we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-340. Right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. By the way, Circus Sports was popping last night. Fun fact for you guys, by the way. The hockey jerseys, the patches that they have, that they sell, they're just for the home games. So Circus Sports has the Vegas Golden Knights patch. And I was talking to Circa CEO Derek Stevens. And Derek said, listen, I just want... <clears throat> the Vegas Golden Knights to win. However, I want them to win at home because if they win at home, you got the Circus Sports patch there, not only on the front page the next day, but forever. 
And so they did. They uh, won at home. But anyways, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend, David Bloom. David, how are you? I'm doing great. As good as a Kings fan can do with the Knights winning the Cup. I know. <laughs> However, David, I mean, any, you know, do you take any solace? It's Alec Martinez who scored a, a big goal last night. Jonathan Quick, Brayden McNabb. Uh, are you happy for those guys? I, I, I am. Because... As much as the Knights have been a Kings rival, to see a team still that new that came so close in their first ever year of existence, to win at home with a fan base that for an expansion team has been so incredible. And yeah, bias-wise, to see Martinez and to see, especially quick, to see him raise the cup again feels great. But it it's a deserving team. They... They mowed through everyone they had to. Florida gave them no troubles. Y you know, it's there is the bias in me, but I am really happy to see those guys win. And just to see, you know, that team that worked really hard and still very new actually raise a cup for the first time. So David and Brandon, not only, uh, listen, I think the Kings, by the way, had a lot to do with Las Vegas having a team. Of course, they would have a preseason game. Here, um, every uh, year they would have. I mean, the, the very first um, hockey game in Las Vegas was outdoors at Caesars Palace. So, listen, if you're a Los Angeles Kings fan, you can make that short trip out to Las Vegas. You know, once a year, a couple times a year, enjoy yourself, watch your team play. That could be the case in a few years with the American League West. Could the Oakland Athletics be getting a new ballpark again? Uh, it, it passed the Senate. Let's go to the assembly. David, how successful again? We've seen Las Vegas become a, a pro sports town. They, they, they um, you know, and again, but by the way, it helps when your teams win. Can it also be a major league baseball town? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my my thought growing up was always, hey, Vegas is a market. Why don't they have any teams? What's going on there? So with the Knights and the Aces and the Raiders. It's about time. I think as much as the baseball historian in me would love to see the A's stay in Oakland just for the fan base, for the history, a team in Vegas would do incredible. They're going to build them a gorgeous stadium. They're going to have wonderful foot traffic. And it's a team that's obviously not doing great. But when you look at the Oakland A's, they've got a good farm. They're on the rise. It'd be lovely to go see, you know, if you're uh, an, an Angels fan, an Astros fan, a Rangers fan, a Mariners fan, to be able to have an excuse to go to Vegas. It's it's bittersweet because obviously any team leaving any city, it sucks, especially Oakland. But I think Vegas is one of the best places to support it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And David, you know, touching on that, did you watch the the A's game last night? Did you see that oh, I spectacle? Oh, I, I watched did. it too. What were your What were your thoughts there? Because that place was electric, and I think it showed how you know as much as we want the team in Vegas, and of course the team would make more money, and the MLB would make more money if it was in Vegas because the city of Oakland is not what it used to be. Just plain mm -hmm. and simple, the fan base they love that team, and they really do not like the owner. A touch on that and you know what what that protest accomplished yesterday it's one of the greatest fan organized events 
in all of pro sports I, I think I have ever seen. I mean, a stadium that normally has, what, maybe at most under 10,000, and that's being generous, 27 plus, 28,000 people, A's fans, all in unison begging to sell the team. It was so loud that pitchers had to check their pitch com because they thought that it was malfunctioning. It is, it's such a wonderful fan base for the A's because it's, it's not a team without history. It's one of the oldest teams in the league, you know, dating back to Philadelphia. And you had, you know, uh, McGuire and Canseco and you've had the Moneyball A's. And it's really a team of heart and fight. And for that whole fan base to get together and go to the Coliseum, which is a stadium begging for, uh, you know, renovation or, or, or a movement or anything and pack it and say, hey, we're not the issue. It's not that this team doesn't have a fandom. Is you know, they may be my personal AL West rival, but it, it warmed my heart, really, to see what they did. And just to, just to, yeah, Armand, you wanted to say something? Go ahead, Brandon, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to, it's just a few years ago, this team won close to 100 games. You know, it's like, like what, five, six years ago, they traded for John Lester, Jeff Samarja. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe that was seven years ago. But, uh, <laughs> You know, but uh, this is a team that was behind the fans and, you know, this was like the real life major league. I mean, Fisher wants the team to lose. Like, this is straight up the guys he's putting out there. And it's so hilarious because they've won seven in a row. And Ruiz is actually pretty good. Note is actually pretty good. Rooker is actually pretty good. Harris, the lefty you threw yesterday, is actually really good. Right. So they actually have some very good players. That really no one no one was expecting because you know Fisher didn't want to give them the money for amenities or player development or anything like that. And these guys showed up and you know, the typical A's players, they get on base, right, David? They do. They they really do. That's all they that's all they need to do. Doesn't matter how, as long as you get on getting on base. Exactly. Armand, go ahead. My question was gonna be, David, obviously the A's talk about them going to Vegas, the NBA potentially expanding to Vegas. From an NBA perspective, what do you think Vegas is going to be like as a free agent destination? Man, that's a tough thought because we've had, you know, we've seen it in hockey a little bit, right? In the way that we've seen it in hockey and we've seen it in the WNBA. I mean, look look at the stars that the, that the Aces have attracted. It's, it's a place that offers a big market, a lot of fans, you know, luxury to live. Obviously Vegas is known for strip and they're known for downtown. There's a lot more to it. It's, it's interesting because it is in the desert. It is very hot. It is similar to asking guys to go play in, in Phoenix. But if that team can get a really big fan base behind them and continue the showmanship that, you know, uh, the Knights have and the wonderful stadium that they've built for the Raiders. I wouldn't see a reason that, you know, barring a rebuilding team guys wouldn't want to go there and, and wouldn't want to move their family there and have that showmanship and that luxury it for a big market. It's definitely appealing. Yeah, absolutely. And David, I know we know you're a Clippers fan and I wanted to ask about that. What's your confidence going into next year? Cause the Clippers fans I talk to, 
they have had it with this team. They want Paul George traded for Scoot Henderson to the Blazers right now. <laughs> you know, they don't. It's never gonna. I mean, the Clippers would never do that, even though I think they should. Um, but look, you're gonna go into the next season with probably the same roster. How frustrating is it to see a guy like Brand, uh, Brandon Boston Jr. dominate G League and J- Jason Preston you know, like, do really well in the G League, and then Marcus Morris to get minutes over them? Well, the Marcus Morris situation was frustrating, particularly because when he was traded to us, when he was traded to the Clippers, he was efficient. He was hitting his mid-range shots. He was really a three-point threat, but it, it dissolved. It's He's not a playable guy. It's My level of frustration with the Clippers is going to depend on how this offseason goes. It's... Is it... Are they going to make a move? Are they going to retain certain guys? Are they going to swing a little harder, maybe go, you know, a little deeper into the, we need to win a championship next year. Are they going to make more of a rebuilding move? Is this Scoot Henderson trade a real deal? Or is this just some rumors through the grapevine? It's hard to say right now. I'm frustrated as a fan, personally, as a fan, I'm frustrated. I understand that a lot of it is, um, is injury based, right? You know, it's hard to predict guys like PG and Kawhi going down in pivotal moments, even though it's happened year after year after year after year. But if they can make a significant move to get a third guy or maybe bolster the offense and make a deeper championship run, I'm not going to be as frustrated as I am if they try to run it back with the same roster and it doesn't go the way they want it to. David, my question was going to be, you know, we just saw the NBA Finals. We heard all about the heat culture the nuggets obviously built something amazing from the top down the clippers they lost an important piece of their front office in michael winger to the washington wizards what Mm -hmm. does that mean for the organization what kind of loss do you think that is for the front office you know it's it's tough because it's change it is change there is going to be differences of opinion there's going to be a different way of doing things and it could backfire it could be terrible and it could have been such a tough move but you know maybe that's what this team needs right now maybe they need a different set of eyes they need you know different opinions obviously you still have jerry west who who makes a significant uh, you know amount of the moves and has really been instrumental to the the building of this team the pieces are there it's not that this team needs a you know a ton more pieces. They have two of you know they have one of the most efficient scores in the NBA. And Paul George, when healthy, when he gets on a roll, is better than a lot of guys think. But maybe maybe the difference of opinion will be good. Maybe it's time to look at this team in a little bit of a different way and say, oh, maybe this isn't working. Maybe this that we were so hot on doesn't work. Maybe we need to play this guy more. Maybe we need to go get a player that's more this. Honestly, after four years of the same story, I'm excited for a little bit of change. Yeah, I mean, because it's one of those things where on paper, again, by the way, uh, I think they're they're at 16-1. and Armani Buckets, I got to give you these odds because the Kings odds were pretty low again. So I don't know (laughs) if that was like a one season thing. But here's the thing. The Clippers odds being 16-1 is crazy because it's really based off this feeling of, okay, these guys are not going to stay healthy. By the way, Jerry West, did you hear him by the – listen, say what you want about playoff P, Paul George. Uh, He has an amazing podcast. 
I think he, he has dethroned Draymond Green for the best podcast. So he had Jerry West on. And Jerry West basically said, like, like, I think we're jinxed. I've never seen a situation where a team's top two players go down right when you need them most, right in the postseason. So, again, you know, it's one thing when they miss half the season and that happens, right? But in the playoffs, to have, to have no Kawhi, to have no Paul George, um, you know, th- th- that's the problem. However, as, I, as I've always said, if they are healthy, a big if, they they are on paper the most talented team. I want to ask the group this, though. This this draft, and Brandon, you touched on it, and it's not a trade that the Clippers would make, but how much of a difference maker is Scoot Henderson? Again, the Spurs are not going to trade their pick. They got their guy. That's, that's a, a done deal. But Scoot, if you have a, you know, a really good player, because here's the thing. Here's why I don't think it's a crazy trade. And it's, again, it's not a trade that they're going to make. But if you're moving into a brand new facility and you can get a brand new rookie superstar, that would be an amazing thing for the Clippers. Because as great as Paul George and as great as Kawhi are, you're 100% right. There's this feeling amongst Clippers fans like, shoot, these guys are going to get hurt. These guys are not going to do anything. But Scoot Henderson's fresh. He's new. He's a rookie. What can this guy do? Well, he can do a lot. He's got one of the more explosive athletes to enter the league. Uh, you know, think of prime Derrick Rose, prime Russell Westbrook. That's this guy, what he's going to be. And he actually has better shooting mechanics than both of them. He's a better playmaker than Rose when Rose entered the league. And he's the hardest worker uh, in this draft. I think, like, there was that whole story a year ago about him leaving his phone at home when he goes to practice. He stays longer. He's the first one in, last one to leave. Right there, I'd select him second overall, like over Brandon Miller with the off-the-court things. I know he didn't get indicted. Nothing happened. He wasn't arrested. But, I mean, like, Brandon Miller, uh, say what you want about the talent. Like, I want a guy who's going to be there, who's going to give his all and has the talent. And that's Scoot Henderson. So I feel like that's why the Pelicans are going to – be like, look, do you want Zion Williamson? Do you want Brandon Ingram? Guys that talented. Scoot Henderson is an MVP candidate by year four, in my opinion. Guys, put on your GM hats. Do you agree there? Did David, I'll go to you first. Yeah, absolutely I agree. I think that it shocked me a little bit when I saw that Brandon Miller was going to be the option at two. Not to say that Brandon Miller isn't extremely talented and, and wasn't one of the best uh, college players of the year, but I mean, Scoot is is an incredible asset. He's an immediate, you know, get guys in the door type of player. The Clippers' whole idea was like, oh, what if since they were poking around with 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 Simons and the third pick, you know, maybe they want Paul George, and it's it's unrealistic, but it it has everyone's wheels turning. And then the Pelicans, I'd do it if I was a struggling team that was dealing with a lot of injured players. I wouldn't ever, if I was the Clippers, move Kawhi. If I was the Pelicans, I really wouldn't move Brandon Ingram. Other than that, if there's a chance to go get a young, new, potentially superstar level player like, like it felt with, you know, with, okay, but there's, there's Zion. Oh, but, but there's Ja. But, you know, there's, there's here and here. But, oh, you can, you can have Tatum. Or he's, he's that second guy. He's not the top guy. He's not Webanyama. But he's the second guy, and if you can get your hands on him because he's going to be underlooked because of Wedbanyama, you'd be lucky. Trade, draft, if the Blazers get him, 
they're going to they're going to be glad they did. If they didn't trade, they're going to be glad they did. What do you think, Armani? I am with all of you guys in the <laughs> praise of Scoot. My only concern is that yes, obviously the reports are that the Hornets are leaning towards Brandon Miller. Last year, the reports were all saying I think up until what an hour thirty minutes before the draft. Oh, even during the draft, Jabari during- Smith Jr. won to the to the Magic, right? And I feel like with all the backlash the Hornets are already facing, which they haven't even made the pick yet, everybody's saying, wow, what a what a silly move this would be if they took Brandon Miller over Scoot. I don't think they're going to do it, which makes that a moot point in discussing the number three overall pick in a trade, because if the Hornets take Scoot, then none of this really applies, right? Um, with that being said... If number three, if Scoot is still available at number three and the Blazers are actually willing to do it, yeah, you put, you know, Paul George on the table. I don't know about the Zion thing, though. I know everybody's, you know, no, Mariah no, no, Mills no, 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 and, and the no, no, no. <laughs> Instagram girls. Get that. But, get him out of New Orleans, okay? I don't want way, that guy. Not but a Brandy. gram girl. She's a full-on porn star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I, to... Did he like, wait, by the way, by the way, and you know, I, 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 did you guys listen to my podcast where I was like, we thought Zion's problem was Del Taco, but it turned out it was tacos. Not the ones you eat or, or maybe. Oh, no. that, was, that was a legendary line. Uh, no, but in all, you can read between the lines. But Zion, <laughs> it's not about the porn stars. It's about... His health, dude. He cannot yeah. stay healthy. He has, yeah. he's, he's a top 10 player when he's on the court. But he can he, Dude, he was an all-star. He played like 20 games last year. And they were like, Zion, get him to the all-star game. They were trying to promote him as the league's next face. And he can't stay healthy. I'm he just, just can't. I'm just going to play devil's advocate really quick because he's 22 years old. Joel Embiid had a similar, you know, we've talked about this. When Zion was on the court this year, there were times when he was going one on five and he was just dominant. Obviously, the hamstring thing was supposed to be like one month and it turned out that he's probably still not healthy at this point. I get it. I just, there's a reason why Zion was so generational coming out of Duke. And I feel like when he's on the court, he's shown all the signs of, being that player, it's just yeah. Obviously, getting him on the court is one thing, and when he's off the court, it's a it's a whole nother thing. The guy is <laughs> apparently wow. we didn't know that. Yeah. No, that that came out, but I, honestly, with me for Zion, I don't care what he does off the court. Be healthy, be healthy. You know, you can do whatever you want off the court if you're healthy. But I'm more frustrated the fact that he can't stay on the floor, and he's shown he's not a bust. He's shown that he can get it done. If you have a chance to move on for him for, you know, even maybe the second pick, I don't know what Charlotte's doing. You might want to take a look at it at this point because maybe, maybe Scoot will be, maybe he'll stay healthy. Yeah. And Mariah, Mariah was trying to keep him in shape. So maybe that would be a good part. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, guys, check out the Sporting Tribune's YouTube uh, channel, the Baller Sports Dialogue podcast with Brandon and Grant. And uh, you can hear that great line. All right, guys, you're the best. David, we'll have you back on next week, my friend. Thanks so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.